Heavenly Father, as we go to your word today, I thank you so much for everybody in this place. I thank you for the opportunity to preach to them today. And I thank you that your word does not return void. That as it comes forth today, that it's not my words, but your word spoken through me. That you anoint my lips, anoint my mouth, and every word that comes uh, through my mind Lord, that it's, that it's your, uh, uh, your vision for today or your, your message for today. That it's you and your Holy Spirit speaking to each and every one of us. Lord, that your word comes alive in our hearts. Our hearts are open and ready to receive from you. We give you all the praise, honor, and glory for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, praise God. I feel like we're there feel like we're ready. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Romans 8. I'm going to actually read another verse to start off after I, I tell you a story or two and kind of set up our topic for today. I'm excited because we are, uh, before you put the screens up there, if you want to, uh, if you want to go back to that, that first screen as we kind of set up our, our topic for today, I'm excited. We're doing something brand new at Family Worship Center. This is actually really, really cool. Um, as you see on the screens, we are starting a topic today called Follow. And we are calling this a season. It's not a series. It's a season. You know, uh, a series implies that there's a certain number of messages that go in a certain order. And I know a lot of churches do that, and I'm not faulting them for doing that. We're, we're not faulting them for doing that. But we wanted to uh, uh, come up with something, or not come up with something, we felt led and felt like this was really uh, something we should do as a family of churches. So all of our churches, if you're new this morning, we have a church, our home church in Florence, which is an hour west, uh, hour east of here, and a church in Georgetown, just started a church in Sumter, and of course here in Columbia. So we have four uh, four locations, um, and uh, eyeing a fifth one, and each of our locations are all um, on this same, in this same season of follow. And this is exciting because we get to talk about the guide that we have on the inside. And I think it's one of the most important topics that we can can talk about, one of the most important themes. The good thing about a season is if we feel led to go a different way or a slightly different way or or if the Holy Ghost moves in a service, you know, we're for the Holy Ghost moving. Amen. And so um, we, 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 won't, we don't feel so locked into a series. And oh, it's the third week and I've got to talk about this because it's the, you know, by being a season, it's an umbrella or a theme or a topic that we can all fall under. And uh, the, the overarching theme for this season is that we're talking about following the Holy Spirit, the leading of the Holy Spirit. I'm really glad my grandma is watching today and that I mentioned that earlier because one of the stories that I wanted to start off with was um, a story I have told before, but I want to maybe shed a little bit of different light today on it. I, uh, 13 months after I graduated from college, I bought a house. I was a bachelor. I was just trying to invest in a house. And I remember around the same time was when I was really focusing on me personally learning to be led by the Spirit. Well, I don't know about you, if you've bought a house in here, you know that's a type of decision you don't want to go in lightly. You don't want to make a mistake on that one. I mean, th- th- you're talking about uh, uh, detrimental potential bankruptcy problems. I mean, if you, if you don't buy the right home, the first one, you know, I mean, most people that buy their first home, they don't have, I mean, it's a big stretch for them to do that, and it was for me too. And so I remember um, 
you know, of course, praying about it for a series of time and and going through the steps of even getting pre-approved and going to talk to bankers. I went to a banker one time and I sat down in his office and uh, he smirked when I sat down because I guess because I was young. And he said, you're in here to try to get pre-approved today. I said, yes, sir. He said, that's what they told me at the front, ran all my information. And as he was running it, I don't think he actually, have you ever seen those guys? They're just, they're just typing. Uh-huh. Clark. I think he was on Facebook chat like the whole time. Like, I don't even think he actually ran my stuff. I, he was just like, just, just appeasing me that I was in the office. And of course he says, uh, listen, man, um, uh, you know, I, I think you're too young. We don't have enough credit. And he gives me all these reasons. I went in to see another guy. And the good thing about this guy is he said, um, well, I, we would like to pre-approve you. There's some good things, but you, you have a, a, a lien on your name. And I was like, now, I mean, I've made some bad choices, but I don't know anything about a lien. And so I had to use the, you know, the, the Holy Spirit's help and God's help to, to figure out how to get the lien off my, my uh, credit report, which wasn't even mine. It was another John Clark in the state that had a lien on my, um, uh, on my name or whatever, on my, uh, on my social. Had to go through the state and figure all that out. So finally, the third broker, I get approved. Then I start looking at houses. Well, I learned some things about being led by the Spirit through this process. And I want to, of course, look at Scripture today. And we'll, we'll spend um, at least a few weeks on this, on this, in this season. So, and the good thing about this is we can also cover this on, on Wednesdays and other services to try to get as much as we can and try to help all of us as much as we can in learning to be led by the Spirit. Here's some of the things that I learned. Number one, I, I learned that in order to be led by the Spirit, I need to know how God speaks. Because a lot of people talk about, oh, I heard God say, or God said this, and we see stories in the Bible, and you hear about the burning bush, and you hear about all these things where, where God spoke in these miraculous ways. One of the ones that stands out to me is in a, um, a, a, a man of God in the Old Testament, a prophet in the Old Testament, who, who was trying to hear from God, and there were all of these supernatural, um, spectacular, I should say, all these spectacular things that happened around him, fire and wind, like tornado type stuff, and all of these natural things happened around him, but at the end of it, God spoke to him in a still, small voice. And I think we miss that in today's world sometimes, and a lot of churches don't do the best job, we do here, thankfully, but... But the church world as a whole, at least in America, I don't, I just, this is my personal opinion. I'm not trying to knock anybody. I don't feel, feel like the church has done the best job teaching people what that still small voice is. And how do you tap into that? How do you listen to that? I mean, I mean, what, what does it mean to hear from God? What does it mean to be led by God? What does it mean to, to say, you know what? I'm not going to go there today because I, I don't, I feel, I have a bad sense about that. I don't, I, you know, I don't think I need to continue in a relationship with so-and-so anymore because as I spend time with God, I feel him leading me that that relationship is toxic. I, I, I think that this job looks really good on paper and the, I love the company. I love what they stand for. But, but as I go into this third interview, there's a leading and a knowing inside of me in my spirit that says this is not the job for you. And in the same instances, those are all three different examples of, of red lights, of things that we, of God leading you not to do something, he'll also give you green lights. 
say, you know what? This person, I, I mean, when I, when I met my wife, actually, I was joking about Facebook, but that's, that's uh, we, we met in person, but then we reconnected online. And when I found her on Facebook and sent her that friend request, I didn't know she'd be my wife, but I had a knowing on the inside, this is what I sense God say to me, this is going to be good for you. Well, that's a green light. That's a, this is the next step for you. You know, he didn't start with, all right, this is your wife and you guys are going to get married next December and you need to go ahead and start getting things in order. I mean, if God had hit me all, all with that all at once, I probably would have freaked out. I don't know if I was ready for that. But he'll lead you. Everybody say step by step. step, by step. I believe that uh, another thing that I learned is that that's how God leads you, step by step. So I learned to, li- to listen to that still small voice. And we're going to unpack this today, don't worry, as much as we can with the time we have allotted. But I also learned that there's steps, there's step by step. Step by step. If you want to write these down, you can. Number one would be still small voice. Number two would be step by step. God leads you step by step. You know, he, he doesn't, um, a lot of times, especially in the world we live in, we want, we want to skip steps. We want to skip steps. In high school, I did this challenge. I was like uh, um, trying to uh, compete against a bunch of guys. I don't, I think it was a part of a class we were doing and they were doing like a science experiment, but of course with guys, it turns into a challenge. And, uh, it was in West Barnes high school and they had these steps. There was like a flight like this, a little, a little, uh, plateau. And then another flight of steps that go up And the, the science experiment was all about how to test the timing of people running up and down the steps. But of course it turned into a competition and I was determined to be the fast one up and down the steps. Your boy ended up being the fastest one up and down the steps. How did I do that? I skipped steps. I skipped as many as I could. As a matter of fact, I got where I was skipping so many up, and then when I came down, I did halfway down, hit the platform, and skipped the whole flight of stairs on the handrail and landed on the floor so I didn't have to hit any steps coming down to make it down in 1.9 seconds. I still remember. Skipping steps. That's what we want to do. That's what we want, you know, the Lord to help us do. Skip steps. Sometimes there's a step-by-step process. Sometimes there's a step-by-step process. Sometimes, you know, uh, um, um, I'm going to read you something, and I hope this will come up on my iPad, because, uh, where's my, oh, I actually do have my phone. This is actually something that the, yeah, there it is, that the Lord spoke to me about. Nope, that's not it. I'm sorry, y'all. This is just a little being led by the Spirit. I want to read this to you. This is what the Lord spoke to me the other night. And this is how God uh, leads. 1 Peter 5, 8, 5, 6. 1 Peter 5, 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. 1 Peter 5, 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. God has a due time. He has a time that, that he works. As a matter of fact, uh, God is really a, a past time. He, he's, he's, he's above time. He's, 
He's beyond time. He doesn't work on time. The Bible says that a thousand years are like a day and a day is like a thousand years to him. He, he doesn't work on the same time frame you and I do. We sit all day. We watch clocks. We look at clocks. We think about what time is the game coming on? What time do I have to be at school? What time does this happen? What time do I need to wake up? How many of you, when you go to bed, what do you do? You're doing math in your head. Okay, if I go to bed right now and I need to get at least seven and a half hours of sleep so I don't wake up cranky, right? What do we do? We're adding up all this time and trying to figure out... God doesn't work on time. And the Bible tells us when we humble ourselves that he'll exalt us in due time. So when we talk about following God, being led by the Spirit, in due time, step by step, let God lead you to the next thing for you. Let God lead you. Don't don't worry so much about skipping steps and trying to skip. You know, you may even have a, 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 you know, like for instance, I know I've got a couple of different stories going on. I'm going to come back to the house story. I haven't forgotten. But, but I, want to, I want to tell you another one that was on my heart today. I knew and felt called to be a pastor. I felt called to be a pastor. But when you talk about skipping steps, it doesn't make sense. Um, and, and, and neither did I feel led and neither did Pastor Steve feel led to send me out without a wife, without pop, proper uh, doctrinal understanding teaching of the word of God, experience, ministerial experience, not just in preaching, but in ministering to people, counseling, uh, um, uh, relational experiences. And, And so just because I knew, I don't know, 10 years ago now, something like that, I knew that's what God was calling me to do. And that was something that was in my future. I I couldn't skip the steps. And I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you there were many times throughout those years of waiting where I I wanted to skip the steps. I mean, as soon as we got married, I was ready to go. All right, Lord, where where are we going? Where where, where are we starting this church? I'm ready to go. But thankfully, I had uh, the Holy Spirit who helped me, you know, not yet. I had a wise pastor who said, "Um, I think that you guys need to spend some time together. Maybe, uh, Maybe get your marriage foundationally sound. You know, before you before you uh, get out in the ministry, because the ministries it's it's it, it listen, it's wonderful. I love it. I would not have another job. But if you don't have a strong marriage, man, it's 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 something, man. It, I mean, it, it you know, God graces us for it because this is what we're called to do. My point is, is that God knew all of that and led us step by step by step. And when everything fell into place for us to move to Columbia, it was clockwork. Clockwork. I mean, we had gone and looked in several cities, several years, never really got anything going. And all of a sudden, we come to Columbia on December 31st of 2018, stayed the night, spent New Year's Eve here, woke up on January 1st, 2019, drove around, and, and, and uh, that day found this building. A couple weeks later, signed the lease with them. Uh, we were actually supposed to be in the building across the street. That all worked out because I wanted this building. The people who were trying to rent this one, that fell through. I showed up the day after that fell through, talked to the owner. She said, well, actually, it just fell through. Do you want this one? I said, yes, I do. Worked that out. Then got an office space, got a second off. You see what I'm saying? Got, and it all fell into place. Our house sold in six days. Things just, just happened, happened, happened because we waited for the due time for God to exalt us. There, there, there's, you, you have to trust that God knows what he's doing. 
In order to be led by the Spirit, you have to trust that, okay, if I'm going to be led by the Spirit, I can't rush things. I can't rush past God. You know, that's not, that's not leading if, if <laughs> it's not leading if, if, uh, if you're doing the leading. If you're out ahead of God and then have to turn around and say, oh, God, I'm sorry, can you fix this mistake? I, I, I know I should have just waited on you because you would have shown me not to fall in this pit hole. But now that I'm in here, can you help me out? God knows where the pitfalls are. God knows where the, the problems lie. God knows where, where there's booby traps. God knows where things are ahead of you. And if you allow the Spirit of God to lead you in your life, I don't know if any of us will be 100% all the time, but my goal is that my batting average gets better every day. Say amen. Amen. All right? So when I was searching for this house, that's what one of the, some of the, these are some of the things that I learned, and, and, and we'll, we'll unpack all of this. Uh, I learned to listen to the small, still small voice. I learned to go step by step. So let's start unpacking it. I have others, but, but for the sake of time, let's start unpacking it. When I went, I went in one house one time, and we were looking around at it, and it felt good. So I, uh, I actually, my pastor, Pastor Steve, who, who's going to be here on September 25th, he, he's flipped houses and stuff before, and so I had him come look at it because I wanted uh, someone that I knew had a really good track record of being led by the Spirit. I wanted him to come and, and be a witness, so to speak, of, of what I had in my spirit. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't have peace at this first house I brought him to. I only took him to, actually, I took him to three. And so uh, the first one I brought him to, and uh, I, had, I would have never thought to look in the attic. But he, he looked in the attic, and there had been a fire in the house. There had been a fire in the house. So if I'd bought that, I mean, it looked good. They had redone the, the, bot, the bottom floor. I would have never, I would have never known it. I mean, maybe I guess during the inspection process. And the second home had uh, water damage, had water damage, similar story. And so between the second one and the third one, I, I slowed down. I slowed down and I really practiced praying, fasting, and, and making sure that I was in a position to, to hear from God before I wasted his time or anybody else's time for that matter. I didn't want to waste my real estate agent's time and all that. And so I went into the third house, and when I went in, when you learn to focus less on the outside and more on the inside, and I'm going to talk about that in a second, but when you learn to do that, you'll recognize, you'll recognize more, more commonplace in your life what I call a green light or a red light. Peace, you could say, just a peace or a lack of peace. And so... I, I had peace about this house and it was, it was ugly. I'm going to be honest. It was ugly. The real estate agent was like, um, we can, cause she, cause when I, I, I wrote her, I saw it online and I wrote her and she said, well, we can look at that one if you'd like. When would you like to go? I knew what that meant. If, if you'd like, if you want to, if you want to go, I'll go with you. It was ugly. It looked like my two year old son, Josh had picked out the paint colors and done all the painting. It looked like he'd picked the most random colors and he painted, I mean, every baseboard had paint on it. Every ceiling had paint on it. I mean, we were going to have to paint and it wasn't just, I don't know why I'm saying we, we weren't married yet. It was just me. I was going to have to paint 
every wall, every ceiling, and every baseboard. But I had peace. I felt good about this one. I did have a list. In the natural, I wrote down a list. But there were probably 100 houses in Florence County that would have matched that list. Three bedroom, two baths, certain price range, certain type of neighborhood, wanted a garage. There, there were several things, you know, several different floor plans. And some of the houses that I just mentioned to you met, the, met that same criteria. They met my list, but they had water damage. They had fire damage. But this house, I had peace about. I had peace about. And so what did I do? I did the same thing. I said, Pastor, I, I think this is the one. Will you come and take a look at it with me? Will you come and take a look at it? What am I trying to do? I, I, I was learning to be led, so I wanted someone who I felt like and who I had seen their tracker record was good to come and, and, and see if I was right. Does that make sense? You know, because if he were to have reservations, then I, I, it's okay for me to learn and say, you know, maybe I saw some good things, but, but what did he pick up that I missed? But lo and behold, when he walked in the house, I mean, five seconds after he walked in the door, he said, yeah, this is it. He hadn't seen one room other than the living room and part of the kitchen. What is that? In his spirit, he recognized the same thing I did. There's a peace. There's a, this is it. This is a green light. This is a, hey, God is telling us in our spirit, hey, this is it. This is where, this is the house for you. I want you to look at this first, uh, you're, you're, you're turned over to Romans 8. But hopefully they can put on the screen Isaiah 48, 17. Isaiah chapter 48, verse 17. And we're going to look at this one on the screen, and then we're going to look at two scriptures in Romans 8. Isaiah 48, 17 says, Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. I want y'all to say this with me. Say, I am the Lord, your God. Now, I like feedback and I like participation. I feel like we're about 57%. I need everybody participating today. Come on, y'all say this with me. Say, I am, there we go, the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. I want you to notice a couple things about this. Number one, God will teach you. He gave us his Holy Spirit. One of the descriptions of parakletos or the word that describes the Holy Spirit, one of the de definitions there is a teacher, a counselor, someone who, who helps you understand things, who, who helps you, just like I told you, I began to learn things about graphic design and media and technology. That stuff just comes to me naturally. I don't believe that's just a, some natural gift. I believe that's something that the Holy Spirit helps me with daily, that he teaches me in the way that I should go. Also notice this, there are several ways you could go, but there's one way you should go. I'm going to say that again. There are several ways you could go, but there's one way you should go. 
And he says, I am the Lord your God who will lead you in the way you should go. I know where you should go. I know what's ahead of you. I know what's behind you. I know what you've dealt with, but I also know what I've called you to do. I know what's before you and the plans I have for you. Jeremiah tells us the plans I have for you are to prosper you and not to harm you. He has good plans for you, plans to lift you up, plans to profit you, plans to pick you up out of whatever mess you're in, set you on the way you should go and help you in your life to do better and better. Go from glory to glory. Can I get someone in this room today who's excited about where God's taking you and where he's leading you? That he's leading you where you should go. Where you should go. You have a place that you're going. Everybody say that. Say, I have a place. Thank you. Where I'm going. Where are you going? You're going somewhere. Every one of us, maybe you're heading You know, down a bad path today. Today is your day to turn that around. Today is your day to say, not anymore. I'm being led by the Spirit. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to seek the presence of God more. And I'm not going to allow the world to lead me. I'm going to allow the Spirit on the inside of me to lead me where I should go. John 10, 4. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. We as the sheep of God, we should know his voice. We should know his voice. We should know what it means when God says go and not go. If I were in a a grocery store and I heard Natalie, my wife, call my name, I would not think it's some random person calling my name. If one of my kids yelled out, I'd be able to tell you who it was. Kaylee, Madison, or Joshua, we have three children. I'd be able to tell you because I know their voice. And I best, I, listen, if I call them, they know daddy's calling. If they turn the corner around a grocery store aisle and get a little out of my sight, and I let out, I let out a daddy yell. Are there any dads in the room that have a daddy yell? Can I, yeah, you know, you got, you, you got, you turn on your daddy voice. The other day I, <laughs> I had my kids with me at the office uh, in Florence, and I, I, I had to correct one of them, and I did the daddy voice, and he looked shocked, man. He was like, please don't ever speak to me like that. <laughs> I had to let the daddy voice, I had to let Josh know, no, sir, we don't do that. He's getting two now. He's getting in that two-year-old age. I let him know, man. Hey, they know my voice, and I know their voice. We need to know God's voice, and we need to know how he speaks. So let's unpack this a little bit. Here we go. In Romans chapter 8, we're going to start in verse 14. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For as many as are, everybody say led. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And other translations uh, would, would, would have that say children of God. We are children of God when we're led by God. Just like I'm talking about my children following my voice, much like uh, in John chapter 4 where it talked about sheep following the voice of God, the children of God, you and I being children of God, should become aware of God speaking to us and be led by it. Now look at verse 16, two verses later. It says this, the Spirit himself, the Spirit, big S, that's Holy Spirit, Himself, notice that it's a him. 
is God the person, the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit speaking to us in his, in our spirit. What does he do? He bears witness with our little s. Does everybody see that on the screen or in your Bible? Every translation I've ever looked at, they all have the same thing. They have a big S, big spirit, Holy Spirit, and they have a little s, our spirit. If you've ever wondered where and how God speaks to you and I today, it's in your spirit. Well, you don't understand. There was this one time the sky turned pink. And then after the sky turned pink, my knee twitched a little bit on the left side. And so I went to go sit down because my knee twitched. And when I did, I sat on a bench next to Bob. And Bob just leaned over to me and he said, well, how you doing today? Is it time to go? And I knew that meant, hey, it's time for me to go. I had somebody tell me a story like that one time. No joke. And that God spoke to them through some guy on a, in a random place like that. I'm, I'm embellishing the story a little bit, but this is a true story. And, and that's how people sometimes today feel like that's how God leads them. But what you have to realize, and I don't have time to unpack this aspect of it today, but I've done a good job this year focusing on it a lot. That the Spirit of God, after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ was given to us as a people, as a body, as believers, as Christians. The Spirit of God was given to us for numerous reasons, one of which was to abide with us, live in us, and be a witness to us of what God wants us to do. And so if you want to know, where do I listen to God? How do I? Well, it's not so much this ear as it is this ear. We say it this way. You're a spirit. You live in a body and you have a soul. You're a three-part being. And we'll unpack that a little bit more in another sermon. Your spirit is part of who you are. As a matter of fact, we believe you're, it's the real you. It's the real part of who you are. That, that your spirit, that's who you are. When you get saved, your spirit is made new. That's why you feel different. Your, your skin didn't change, did it? Did the temperature in the room change? Did, did your, your haircut change? Did anything in the natural part of you change? There's nothing in the Bible that indicates my mind changes. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us in, in another verse in Romans that we're to be transformed by, by the word of God that renews our mind. So the word of God renews our mind, not when we get saved. Our mind's not renewed when we get saved. Our spirit is. I hope this is clicking for people today. That... We far too often focus on things in the natural to lead us. To lead, we, we, we look on all these things. We'll say, oh, but this door opened and this door opened and this door opened. I'll, I'll go back to my story about everything that fell into place to get in this building um, and to, to come start the church here in Columbia. You know, all of that could have fallen into place by the devil's doing. How did I know that it wasn't the devil and it was God? Because I had a knowing in my spirit and I had, I had wise counsel above me, my pastor, who's running this race with me and saying, no, this is what, I, I, I agree, this is a great building. Hey, why don't you try this? He's given me uh, um, uh, uh, um, great wisdom and counsel. We were negotiating things. He came and sat down with me. But, but the whole time, I've got a, you know, if I had a bad witness, I would have gone and talked to him. But I didn't. I didn't have to because I had a good witness. And I know he did because he didn't come and talk to me. And there's been other times where he would, you know, does that make sense? 
You know, and, and at the time, that's how we worked. I, we do this with my wife. My wife and I, uh, um, we have things in our life. We, listen, all the time, we'll go down the road, we'll start doing something, and all of a sudden we'll go, wait, wait, wait. This just doesn't feel right. I've got a bad sense about this. And she'll go, yeah, yeah, I know. I, you know, I was thinking I was going to talk to you about this. What are we doing? We're being led by the Spirit. And before we step into something with our kids or start doing something in some um, relationship or some uh, purchase we're about to make, we, we're, we're, we're making sure we feel led by God that this is the right thing. And I'm not, I'm not following all of the things in the natural, although I'm aware of them. I'm following my Spirit as I work out the natural. Everybody with me today? This is how you're led by the Spirit. Notice it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. Not as many as are led by their minds. As many as are led by the great books in Books a Million. As many as are led by CNN, Fox News, and the great media news networks of today's age. That was supposed to be funny. I thought I'd get at least a few laughs, Miss Stephanie, a few. I had to... I had to had to make sure to let everybody know it's okay to laugh. It's okay to laugh. It doesn't say that. As many as are led by the Spirit. Then why does your fear meter go through the roof when you hear some crazy nonsense through one of those other channels? Oh, I got to start doing this. I got to start hunkering down. And I got, oh, they say that the recession's coming. Well, well maybe it is. Have you, have you prayed about it? Have you, have you asked God, okay, God, if there is a recession coming in the natural, what do me and my family or whoever, what do we need to be doing to make sure that we're not affected by that? Are, are you being led by everything out there or are you being led by what's in here? And, and where does your foundation of what's in here come from? From the Word. From the Word. The first thing... Um, that, that you'll notice when you start learning to be led by the Spirit of God is God never contradicts himself. That he's always in line with his word. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Let's talk about God the Son for just a second. God the Son in John chapter 1 says that the word became flesh. Actually, the very beginning it says the word, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God. There it is. Thank you. Y'all are awesome today. Look at, look at this media team. Y'all give it up for them. Just on point. I couldn't even quote it fast enough. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. This is all talking about Jesus. Go to verse 2 and look at this. This is talking about Jesus. He was in the beginning with God. Verse 3. All things were made through him, Jesus. And without him, nothing was made that was made. Keep going. Verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. Keep going, verse 5. And the light shines in the darkness, and darkness, the darkness does not or did not comprehend it. Verse 6. There was a man sent, okay, somewhere in here, I'm trying to get to it. It says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. If you see that on the screens back there, go to that verse. I know it's in John chapter 1. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Why am I trying to tell you this? Because he was the word and he was also, there we go, 114. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The word became flesh so that God could show us through Jesus what the, the new covenant we were going to be in, what it looked like to be led by the spirit. 
When Jesus was baptized, the Spirit came upon him like a dove. The Holy Spirit's not a dove. It looked like a dove to them and to the writers. That's what it looked like. It came down like a dove. It, it, it descended upon him. He was filled with the Holy Spirit at that moment. He, he, was, he was led from that moment on. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit does not speak anything that's not from the Father. Word, Spirit, God, it all works together. I'm telling you that because if you're going to be led by the Spirit, you need to check it with the Word. I, I know of, of, this is not me personally, I, knew, I know of them, but um, heard from a very reliable source of, a, of a, a family that got married, a husband and wife got married, but they got married after um, he felt led that this was the wife for him. Well, at the time that God told him that, and God gave him that word, and God spoke to him, he, uh, I mean, she was married. Now, what does the word say? Very clear about adultery. Very clear about a man should not even lust against another man's wife. You should even have a thought against another man's wife. I'm pretty sure that wasn't the leading of the spirit. Pretty sure. I'm not sure what spirit he heard. I'm sure he heard something. But that wasn't the leading of the Holy Spirit. How do I know? Because, because God's not going to lead someone against his own word. Now, if their marriage was falling apart and things were to happen, maybe one day, but, but it would have been the right way. So I don't know. I don't know all the details of that current situation. But what I can tell you is that whenever I've had God lead me, it lines up with his word. Everybody say amen. amen. All right, let's keep going here and we're going to wrap this up. And we'll, we'll finish next week. Or not finish, but go on next week. I want to I wanna, I wanna also tell you something else that I learned. That in the Bible, because that's our foundation, that there's the general will of God, and then there's the specific will of God. You're not going to find in the Bible, this address for this building is 537 Clemson Road. You're not going to find in the Bible, Pastor J.T. Clark, when you start your church in 2019 and when you're ready and you're uh, ready to go, make sure you find 537 Clemson Road on such and such a date because the owner will be here and the contract's going to fall through with the other church and you can get in. And It's not in there. It's not in there. But what is in there? Some of the verses I just quoted you. Look at Philippians 419. I, I, my God shall supply all my needs. Well, we needed a building, and we needed one like this, with adequate space, but with low overhead. We had specific needs. God met all of those needs. Do, do you understand? Well, let me, let me break this down with a little bit of Greek. The general will of God is what we would call the logos word. Logos. All right, the logos would be the written word of God. And you can take that verse down for just a second because I'm going in a different direction. Um, for instance, John 14, 21, you don't have to put it up there, but it says, you know, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. That's a, that's a, a general will of God. The Great Commission in uh, Matthew chapter 28, 
Go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples, general. I know that's God's will for our life. I know that's what he's called us to do. But where and how? So there's the general, the logos, then there's the specific. So the, 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 these two words, logos, and then the specific would be rhema. Everybody say rhema. Rhema and logos both translate to word in the Bible. So, so if you see the English word, W-O-R-D, unless it's talking about the Bible as the word, but, but it's, 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 either, it's either using the word logos or rhema, okay? So it's important for us to understand that there are, there are times where we use the logos and there are times where I need a rhema. I need a specific word from God. God, how do I do this? How do I get through this? How do I answer this problem? How do I respond to this situation? Do you hear me this morning? Look at this spirit, soul, and body. We talked about that. Proverbs 20, 27. The spirit of man is the lamp, or we could say today, uh, flashlight, candle. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. So, what do we read in Romans 8? Where does God bear witness with us? Where does the Holy Spirit, the Spirit himself, bear witness with us? Everybody say, my spirit. Well, what is your spirit? It's the lamp of the Lord. It searches all the inward parts of you. And notice it says the spirit of man. This is talking about your spirit, my spirit. Our spirit is where God lights us up and illuminates the things in our life. You have to be more spirit conscious and less flesh conscious. Conscious. You have to become more spirit conscious. Conscious. I keep saying conscience. I'm trying to say conscious. Tongue twister. I'm going to give you another one. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, everybody say outward man. Although my outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. The inward man is being renewed day by day. How does your inward man get renewed? Well, first of all, notice there's an inward man and an outward man. An inward man and an outward man. Your inward man gets renewed day by day. Your spirit gets renewed. When you tank up on the Holy Ghost, just like you go to the gas tank and you pump it up with, thank God it's around $3.50 now, but whatever, you fill it up with gasoline. Or you take your phone at night and you plug it into that wall outlet and you charge it up. Your spirit gets charged up by the Holy Spirit. If you don't charge your spirit, you're going to have a very dim or non-existent flashlight. And you're going to wonder, why is God not leading me? Why can I not see where to go? Why can I not know what to do? Well, your spirit is not being built up. If I don't work out, my outward man perishes. And the Bible says it's going to perish every day. You have to work out. You have to eat. You have to, to, to eat right. You have to do all these things or else your, your body perishes more quickly. I think it's interesting that here in 2 Corinthians, Paul uses the same connection between how your outward man does that and so does your inward man. I mean, God's going to lead me based off the word knowledge that I have. God's going to lead me based off of the, the spiritual connection that I have with him. Does that make sense? 
If, I, if, if I'm not spending any time, let me also say this. When you're praying, if all you're doing is talking, then you're going to miss. You're going to miss. If all you're doing is talking and all you're doing is spewing out and all you're doing is blah, 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 and blah, 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 and this is wrong. And okay, Lord, I need you to fix it. And then you go on about your day. You need to have time where you're just listening. You need to have time where you're just, just saying, God, whatever you would whatever. Maybe he doesn't say anything or you don't pick up anything. Is it wasted time? Put your petitions before the Lord. Put your requests before God. You, you have to do that. You have to ask. But, but you have to also make time to listen. God, speak to me. God, say something to me. And when you do that, where are you listening? On the inside. Now, people ask all the times, so when we get to this point, and maybe, hopefully for everyone here today and everyone online, it's kind of clicked. You're like, okay, all right, I understand. I'm focusing too much on the outside, not enough on the inside. I wrote this down. I said, don't get so focused on the outside that you can't hear the inside. But people ask, well, what does that, what does that feel like? Or what does that sound like? I think in the same way that you learn as a baby to speak and hear English, can anybody explain that? I mean, think about it. Can you go back to your early one, two-year-old self and explain what it was like at the beginning to begin to process? I have three little kids. All three of them learned differently. All three of them spoke in a different process. All three of them began to, to mutter words in a different way. And all three of them re responded in different ways to us speaking to them. It's different. Yet it's the same English language and the same two parents. You have to practice. You have to develop it. You have to develop a relationship and learn for yourself how to listen. So I'm going to try to explain for myself the best I can, and then this will be it for today, because I feel like I, I need to at least explain this before we dismiss. Uh, if you want to come up, Brother Darrell, you can. I'm on, it might help me end faster. When, when I sense God, I, I mentioned to you red light and green light, and, and that's a good way to describe it. I also would, would say sometimes when God's leading me not to do something, I feel, I feel an uneasiness or a resistance on the inside. Now, it's not like, like queasiness or something in the natural. It's not like an upset stomach. It's not like, I'm not talking about natural things. I'm talking about, it's just, I feel uneasy on the inside, in my spirit. I feel uneasy. Now, one of the ways that you develop a stronger spirit is by doing more spiritual things. So the more you pray, the more you read the word. I mean, if, if you watch a, a nasty, filthy movie every night with a bunch of language and negativity and, and listen, I mean, movies nowadays are so visual and so creative. And so, I mean, you think about them for hours or even days after you watch them. The music and the, the uh, uh, ambiance of the movie will get stuck in your head. They do that on purpose. They want you to talk to, talk about, talk to your friends about it and, and them to go to see the movie. I'm not saying not watch movies. I love movies. And I, I'm actually saying this because the other night I watched a movie and that happened. It was stuck in my head. For, and I was like, man, I'm still playing that same song in my head. Right? But if you do that every day, all day, 
you're, you're going to become numb to your spirit because you're just feeding your natural senses instead of your spirit. Does that make sense? Right? You've got to become spirit aware, more spirit aware. Don't get so focused on the outside that you can't hear the inside. So I, I also <clears throat> have learned when, when learning to be led by the spirit for me, what does it sound like? That's the question that I'm trying to answer. What does it feel like? I should say, because it's not an audible, I'm not talking about an audible sound. Um, brother Kenneth Hagin uses the word inward witness because that's what they says in, our, in Romans eight sixteen that he bears witness, that inward witness. What is that inward witness? What is it like? Um, so it sometimes will feel like uh, resistance, but then there's also peace that I have. And the reason that I know it's peace is not because things are working out in the natural easy, but when I'm praying about it, right? When I'm praying about it, I, I, I'm focused on me and, and God, and that's who I'm talking to. And so that's where my focus is. And I don't have any resistance as I talk it out with him. As I talk it out. God, I mean, even if I have concerns, God, I have concerns about that. But <clears throat> as, I, as I'm doing that, I'm, I'm on the inside. How, what do I have in my spirit about it? Do I have peace? Do I, do I feel good? Because usually, like, I mean, they're, 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 when we bought our house here in Columbia, I mean, I, I mean, we weren't on the same income level we were in Florence. I had concerns, natural concerns. I mean, there were things, and I, 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 I called financial advisors in my life. I called people. I mean, there were things I did in the natural, and, and I had concerns. But when I prayed about it, when I went to prayer about it, when I spent time with the Lord, and I know I have a praying wife, when we both had peace about it, that's being led by the Spirit. Amen. We're going to do this. We're going to, this is it. This is the house God has for us. And it was miraculous the way that house fell on the map. But again, I, the, the devil could have put it on whatever website it was and put it right in front of us. It could have been some other thing. I wanted to make sure, God, are you leading us this way? Back to the first house that I told you that we bought. If I could, I, I don't want to divulge all of the, the financial blessings, the blessings that it had in my family. It was, the, it was that, that house, the house in Florence, was, was the house we brought our first two children in, that I brought my, when my wife and I got married, that she got to move in and make it her home. Man, that house was a massive blessing. And, and that day that I walked in it, and I had peace, and then confirmed it with others in my life, being led by the Spirit and purchasing that home was the, one of the greatest decisions I've ever made. And if I had rushed past God, who knows what I would have ended up with? Who knows what I would have, would have I, I, I mean, I could have had a house with a bunch of mess. I could still be in Florence dealing with, with a house that had fire damage or the house that had water damage. Or I could, have, I, I could be in such financial detriment here because those houses sank me. Who knows what could have happened because there's ways that we could go, but he said, I'll lead you in the way you should go. Because I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And your future in this room, your future online, it's bright, baby. It's bright. God's got a bright future for you. He's got a lot in store for you. He's got big things for you. 
So follow the Spirit. Amen? Are you excited we're covering this topic? Are you excited about this? Everybody stand up on your feet as we close.